Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 337. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Not a heavy sports uh, podcast, but some good stuff to get to, uh, starting off with the NBA. Uh, yeah, I actually have another NBA story we didn't talk about before, but uh, I'll just start with this one that we, we all know about. Uh, the Sixers said they are not going to be trading James Harden. Uh, they didn't get any offers they like, so they're going to go forward with him on the team. Whoa. James Harden disagrees with that assessment, but uh, as of right now, with training camp uh, going to start in like a month, they expect James Harden to be there. Um, James Harden has made public statements. He doesn't want to play for the team. He doesn't trust Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey made promises to him uh, that he haven't hasn't kept, and uh, he just won't play for them if that's the case. Um, most likely, the promise he made was that he would get an extension, that Harden opted in. He could have been a free agent last year, but he opted in um, as like a favor to the Sixers. Um, and he thought he would get more money um, this offseason, and they have not offered him a big extension. So uh, here he is again. He's opted in for a one-year deal, um, but he's at the age where he wants to get one of those one last like four-year deals from a team. So uh, it's, it's a hard situation. Yeah, because he's definitely on the decline. Like Harden's best basketball is definitely behind him. How old is he now? And- mm-hmm. 34, 33, 34. Yeah. But his uh, best basketball is behind him. And uh, he, uh, I know they've said though, like they're still the one team that it seems like they think that only makes sense if he goes still would be the Clippers. That's still the favorite. If he does end up getting traded. Uh, I saw that they said like after Harden came out saying all this, that the odds actually for the Clippers to be the next team he plays for actually went up a little bit. But, uh, but then you get to the point where what would the Clippers want to give away? I mean, I've heard things that said Terrence Mann, and they're saying, or I've listened to some guys that say they think Terrence Mann's more valuable to a team right now than maybe James Harden. But it all just depends how you can mesh with certain places. Uh, yeah, that, that's what it seems to be is that the Clippers are prepared to offer, like, um, Marcus Morris, who's just basically money, um, Norm Powell, and, like, the first-round pick from this year. And maybe Amir Coffee or something, a guy who's okay and not on a lot of big contract. But they don't want to give anything of real value like Terrence Mann. That's like their young player. And they're not getting rid of Coffee Black either. Uh, Definitely not. Yeah. (laughs) Amir Coffee, he's a nice man. And a a, a fun player to have on on your team because you can make coffee puns. Uh, But the Sixers are trying to win a championship. They want to get better with a trade. They don't want to get worse. Um, they've got Joel Embiid and he's healthy and you don't know how long that's going to stay. So you don't want to waste a year, like taking a downgrade that if they, if they did acquire, uh, Norm Powell as like the primary piece for James Harden, does that make them better next year? Probably not, but how much worse does it make them is, is also a good question, but, um, they they want something more than that. Um, cause they want to. They were one of the best teams last year. They want to be one of the best teams again this, this year and actually maybe make a run this time, which they haven't done yet with Embiid. Not ready. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't really. It's not basketball season right now, so I'm not really. <laughs> not It'll be here fast. High and yeah. tense into it. Yeah. And so, I also like basketball. I don't know. I just don't. 
So do you want me to talk about the other story I didn't put on here? Yeah, please. Uh, the NBA released the schedule for their in-season tournament. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, if, yeah, if you saw this, it's a kind of a soccer-style tournament in the middle of the year um, where I think there are five teams spread across six groups, and they'll play. It's in Vegas, too, right? Or the finals is well, at least so in Vegas? The games will be regular games, and they'll be just the regular games they play in the yeah. season. And then in early December, they so you'll have the top six group winners, or the six group winners, and then two wildcard teams will play in a single elimination, um, I guess, three-round tournament there. Um, I think it's kind of stupid, but maybe it'll be fun. We'll have to see. But. Yeah, it'll be. It'll definitely be interesting to see it this year for the first time because people were saying like it gives those teams a chance. Like, oh, maybe you get to see. You know, you're a fan of the New York Knicks and you haven't seen them win anything for a while, but maybe you get to see them win this little fun in-season yeah. tournament. And it's like, and like you said, soccer style because soccer does do a lot of tournaments within the season. Uh, just side stuff. Basketball seems like a weird sport to have it in, but I mean, I guess there are a lot of tournaments in basketball, like even it's in college. Weird because the trend in basketball lately has been nobody plays every game anymore, and so like, yeah, if like, well, the first five games are going to be just regular games as part of your record. Um, they just they count like okay, the games against your group. Um, but then once it gets to it, like let's say the Clippers win their group. And then, like, all right, you're playing in Vegas on an extra game on December seventh. Will they just be like, all right, cool, it's a game off for uh, Paul George? Well, uh, well, it depends. The, the only way you can make stuff like that not happen is what? What is the prize for the team that wins? I don't know. I think it was supposed to be just a little bit of money because that's the only way you can do it. Like, if everybody got so like a, a million dollars, there was something. I know there was something about a draft pick. Possibly you, you can't just make it a trophy because no one's going to give a shit about a midseason fun yeah. tournament trophy. Like, what you but need Paul to do George is make it so care it's like about a million dollars either. Yeah, but some guys do. Yeah, you can all. I mean, nobody. I don't think nobody's upset about getting an extra million dollars. Paul George might not care about it because he might not need it, but it's like, you know, yeah. he's got all the extra podcast money now. So. Mm. Yeah, very good. Love well, that podcast money. Well, Should we talk about something that is in season, Andy? Then uh, some baseball. Yeah, we can. It just it's not nice to talk about here oh with, with this story at least. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays kind of, uh, kind they're of falling apart. They're yeah. falling apart. <laughs> uh, their ace is out for the season and their best young player. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, Wander Franco, their, their big young shortstop. They gave a huge extension to already. And I think he's uh, just quickly, his little stats that I heard was he's batting around 280 this year with 17 home runs, but more importantly, 30 stolen bases. Yeah. So he, when he gets on base, he's a threat to get to the next good, base. A good, well-rounded player. Yeah. Uh, He's in some trouble, and we don't know the extent of it yet. Some accusations, some allegations, I don't really know. Um, but it stems from a relationship he had with a younger woman. Now, here's the thing. Wander Franco is a young man. I think he's only 22. Uh, so it does actually complicate it in that it's like if he was 30, then there's no like there's no gray areas there. It's like you're 30. Um, but there's stories that he... May have a 14-year-old girlfriend. What? Um, and maybe that 14-year-old girlfriend is older than that. Maybe she's 17. She'll be 15 in maybe, September. Yeah. <laughs> I, we don't know right now. And it's someone not for, someone he's brought over from another country. Uh, well, hold on. Yeah. what? I, co- I don't know anything about this. What country is he from? Where is he? Dominican or he's Cuban? Dominican, I believe. So what are the rules there? Like 11? So, <laughs> no, what I saw is they actually have a higher age of consent. No in, shit. The Dominican Republic, and they do have they do in Florida. So. What is it there? Twenty five, <laughs> and I think it was eighteen, and then Florida was sixteen or something like oh, that. Oh, is Florida sixteen? Really? A lot of states are sixteen. Wow, but it's like 
There's a lot of like gray areas there too as well. And we're 18. Yeah, I thought it was 18 everywhere. I'm, I'm 33 years old. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Just for anyone who wants to know. But in California, I, you know what's funny is, I mean, I know California's 18. I thought that was just like nationwide. I didn't yeah. ex- know that it was like, oh, well, you can go to Montana as long as you can how, piss. How do you even I, meet I, a, like a child like that? You're like, oh, I'm going to the frozen yogurt shop. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? I, don't know. I really don't know the whole thing because, yeah. like, I mean, no one's written the story about it. It's all kind of on all, social oh, media. Yeah, well, it came off a social media bullshit. post. No, it's not because the team's indefinitely suspended him, and baseball's looking into it. It's a real thing. What I'm saying is, no one's really written that like report well, of here's exactly so, what we're. So, Sean, talking. you want to hear something that's really ironic about yeah. this? And for the listeners, so this story broke over the weekend, like on Saturday or Sunday. And so Sunday he didn't play. I think it broke like Saturday, at some point Saturday, but Sunday he didn't play. And the coach said, came out and said, oh, you know, we were, it was a scheduled day off anyway, which, you know, I think at this point in the season, when, especially when you're three games out of first place, whatever they were over at the time, it's kind of bullshit because you're wanting to win games. But, uh, the game was in Tampa Bay Sunday, Sean, and it was actually Wander Franco hat day, which was only being given to fans 14 and under. <laughs> that was at his request. Cause it's, it's, cause it's for kids, obviously, cause it's a, you know, a, a youth hat. But it, I was like, oh, my God, the timing of that is just insane. If, if you obs- say insane. He, you can't- his charity is with, you know, inner city kids or, or something like that, like, that's just too much. It's too perfect for uh, this cons- or this problem. I haven't yeah. heard anything about that. So who that. knows? Uh, that'll be something weird. to monitor because if, if he is uh, guilty and it's proven and whatnot and he's out for the rest of the year, I mean, that's another bat that's lost for... Well, the Rays. So Tampa Bay does not give people big contracts. They don't give people long contracts. Wander Franco's the exception, and they they tried to be cheap, but Tampa Bay gave him like twelve year, one hundred eighty million dollar extension, uh, like a month into his rookie year, because this guy was going to be this good. So he still has eleven years left oh. on his contract, and that is a big question mark of well, what happens if he goes if he's convicted of a crime? I think you can void the contract. But the Dodgers had that case with Trevor Bauer, where uh, he was never—he's never been convicted of a crime, but he was too toxic to keep on the team. Uh, he was suspended by baseball because baseball can still suspend people, and he was suspended without pay. And then he actually challenged that and was able to actually win back his uh, pay from this year. Um, but that would be ruinous to the Tampa Bay franchise because they're so poor that yeah. if they were like paying a guy, sorry, that you're on the hook for the whole contract because he's not going to jail, but also. We will cancel you if you try to play him because of this. Uh, it, it's kind of a mess. And I mean, I don't know what's, if it's going to come to that or not. I just have to root for, because I like Tampa, that this is, this isn't something, but. Yeah, but maybe they could say they started dating when he was under, maybe she is like really 17 and they met when she was 14, but he was like 17. I don't know. Yeah, or she, I mean, they said in, in America, if, if, if she lies about her age, doesn't matter. Yeah. You can't do it. it. It's like on you to like confirm, which is kind of crazy. Cause like, what if someone like made fake documents and a fake birth certificate? I'm going to need a birth certificate. He yeah. should talk like, to well, Akon, sorry. right? Akon had that problem. He even wrote that yeah. whole song, yeah. like put the blame on me or something. He was like making love to some girl and like on stage at a concert where it was supposed to be 18 and over, but she was like 14, probably again. On stage, you think that's a yeah. crime too? <laughs> yeah. Well, Carol, you know what I mean. Like, Sean was in front row, <laughs> so to speak. Freaky. You guys remember this story? This is like early two thousands, probably. I, I know the song, which like is a peak decent Akon. song. I'm pretty positive it was it was him. No, that's it. Sounds right. 
But anyway. So, I mean, I guess I don't want to say he figured it out because I don't think we've really heard from him, but I also don't know how. Yeah. If his career we'll, ended at that point or not. We'll definitely probably have some. No, Akon's career definitely kept going. But we'll we'll definitely have some uh, updates on this as we find out more over the next couple of weeks because, like we've said, uh, he is going to be a key part to their playoff run. So, uh, we'll, we'll just have to keep that monitored. But uh, we wanted to uh, discuss some, uh, you know, baseball season's only got about a little about a month and a half left. So, we want to give a little update on our uh, over-understandings. And maybe give an update uh, on just the regular standing. See uh, who's starting to run away with divisions. Who's losing ga- losing ground in the wild card or gaining ground in the wild card. Uh, Otani now is not a for sure home run leader. At least for the whole league. American League, he's probably got it locked down. But uh, there's another guy that's right on yeah, his tails. I think we can do a stats update next week. Okay. Don't go too long on this. But, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, let's just start the over-unders where... What's looking good? What's not looking good? I think we have a new we have a new leader for um, furthest off the win pace here. Ooh, um, and that is the New York Mets. Who, <laughs> uh, not a surprise here because they gave up on the season. They're twenty two wins behind their uh, pace from what Vegas expected. So uh, Vegas had them at ninety five and a half, and they are right now on pace to win seventy four games. So uh, also, can I just note something really quick? I heard this the other day, and I honestly couldn't believe it. The New York Yankees, they're 60-59 and 59 right now. You know the last time that I guess they didn't finish above 500? 2013 or something? No, it was like 1993 or 94. Really? I thought they and had a couple years where they were. I thought so too, but I guess they were still always above 500. Because I saw something that said, I was shocked also. Uh, so, I mean, I haven't personally looked it up myself, but it was a pretty notable podcast I listened to that they they, they said it was like, 93 or 94, like right before they got, you know, the, the Jeter era, they uh, was the last time they finished below 500, and they are in threats of that this year. Uh, but yeah. So the, the other big uh, disappointments this year Chicago White Sox, who are 14 and a half games out of first place, they're 20 wins off of their uh, Vegas pace. And they're 14 and a half out of first place, but with an awful record 47 yeah. and 72. Yeah, that's what it's for. It's 14 because and a half games behind the central leader. Let's, let's say the Yankees are also 14 games out of first with a 60 and 59 record. So it just shows you like how different some of these divisions are, which is another reason why I think some people sometimes say the hell with divisions. The best mm-hmm. seven should just go. Well, because the AL Central has been miserable for like oh, two yeah, decades. Yeah, it's been so bad. Um, the Cardinals, nothing's changed with them. They're, they're still in last place in their division. Uh, 17 wins off their pace. Another uh, disappointment, the Padres are 17 games off their Vegas pace, and they are 16 games currently behind the Dodgers. The Dodgers really ran away with this after the All-Star break. This division kind of went crazy here. We'll talk about another team when we just do standings. Um, But yeah, the Padres, I thought they could kind of make a run after the All-Star break. They just have not done it, and it's over for them. Um, Somehow, they're still given a 17% chance of making the playoffs. I guess there's all those extra wild cards, but the division, they're not coming back in the division from 16 games with, you know. No, yeah, definitely not. 50 games left. Um, yeah, and then the Yankees, we just mentioned, the Yankees have kind of fallen off and they're 14 games back at their pace. So it's a big disappointment as well. Um, as far as surprises go, the Orioles, we already knew that they're the biggest surprise this year. Uh, just just a great run. And it's like they you, we thought, were well, they going to face some pressure? I think maybe last week you mentioned that. Are they going to? They blew a game to Houston, uh, but they've come back and they're like seven and three in their last ten. So they're they're keeping pace at a good clip here, and they're three games up in the I, ALEs. I was listening to something interesting today that I was from a former MLB player. I forgot his name actually, but 
he was talking, he was on like this podcast I listened to, like, you know, these guys in Vegas and whatnot. And he was saying that the big thing with the Orioles, and he said he's seen it before, but being in the clubhouse and stuff like that of just teams is that what he was afraid of is saying, because I guess the oldest player on that team is like Aaron Hicks at like 33 years old. And he just came to the team. So before that, I guess it was Adam Frazier at like 31. And he was just saying like the things people don't think about is like when they get into it, it's like, it's going to be big pressure moments, but not just that, as he said, you're going to have these, the crowd's going to be going loud. It's going to be like these night games, the cameras, like all the media and everything. And it starts to put a little bit of pressure and then the pressure does come in. And he said, a lot of times what, what helps a really good young team is having that veteran leadership to be like, Hey, you know, be the leader on the team, someone that's been there before. And it was just an interesting take. I was like, so it'll be interesting to see how Baltimore does do, because it would be cool to see, you know, a young fun team like Baltimore, you know, really shock the world and make a run. But it's another one of those things where, I mean, I could see them coming against, you know, a veteran team, like falling against Houston somehow in the first round. And then that's what takes them out. Yeah. So right now, because of the new format with baseball, the Orioles would get that one seed, which would mean they wouldn't play the first round. Okay. Um, but they would play the winner of the four or five matchup, I believe, because the three and six will play each other, four and five will play each other. Which right now so would could be, be Houston versus Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. So you could see them yeah. playing Houston in the first round and then you're like, oh shit. Um, yeah, I think it would be worse for Baltimore to play Houston in the first round than Tampa Bay because at least they're used to Tampa Bay. Ball- Houston, though, it's just they'll come in with all their veterans. They just got Verlander that we've mentioned. Uh, but then again, I mean, you never know. Houston's very live still to win the division. They're only three and a half back. Yeah, no, none of this is sense. Yeah. Uh, but after Baltimore, the next biggest, uh, I don't know, overperformer, uh, Cincinnati Reds. So they're, they're in third place in the division right now, and they still have a good chance of winning that. Uh, but they were expected to be one of the worst teams in baseball, and they, they just haven't been. Um, so same with Baltimore. They actually are three wins away from hitting their over. So that's pretty wow. impressive. I think, they'll, I think uh, they'll do it. Yeah, I think they're going to get it. It's kind of crazy to think now when you look back at it that Vegas had their over-under only at 65 wins, and here they are at yeah. 62. No, I'm not saying it's crazy that it was set at 65. I'm just saying it's crazy to think that they're going to surpass it Yeah, what's in crazy is that we both said under because they <laughs> they look like a team that was yeah. like, we're going to be well, bad for three years. And, in my, and I'm going to try to defend myself as best I can. I didn't know Ellie De La Cruz yeah. was on this earth well, when I said that, which... I have the top prospects heading into the season. He was not on there. <laughs> yeah. So you got like, like Volpe did not work out for the Yankees. Uh, that was a big thing that he was going to start the season, but... Yeah, oh, he no. did start off the season too. Like, man, I look at some of those old predictions of ours, man. Holy moly. I mean, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> look at all of them. Look at my Cy Young, Andy. It gets. You're laughing at the Trey Turner MVP. No, what about we're, the we're Alex Manoa? That earlier, that, like, oh, I don't remember who I picked. You picked Trey Turner for NL MVP, which there's a narrative behind there going back to there going to Philly. Uh, but he's been really bad. Has he? Season. I haven't even watched oh, yeah. the Phillies. They're, they're depressed and that, like, we have this yeah. guy for 10 more years. <laughs> Do <laughs> what is how what has he done? Let's He's going to be up there at the very top. So, yeah. 252, 12 home runs, 44 RBIs. Holy guacamole! Has he even had ever like kind of an MVP type season? I guess he batted 335. Okay, that was 59 games though. So, in 2021, yeah, no one, no one counted it. An OPS over 900 combined. Okay, so uh, all right, I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I wasn't. No, I, I, especially with the you said the new it was, stolen base rules. It was also coming He's off a fifty stolen base. Yeah, it guy. was also coming off the World Baseball Classic where he actually played really yeah. well in that. Well, there, there was there was a thing that pretty deep into the season he had hit more home runs in the World Baseball Classic than he had with the Phillies. Like that was in June, I think that was true. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, 
that's not a great look. But no, it's I, not. That means he's hit more home runs lately, which sometimes you sign that big deal. You get really. No, yeah, I, I remember one of the guys I think about the most with that was Carl Crawford when he went to the Boston Red Sox from Tampa Bay and he signed the monster deal. It, it was like he it stopped existing after that. And I think there is. I mean, I think when you get the money, then it's like okay, I've got my money. So your motivation. Your money drive, at least, isn't there anymore because you're like, I already know what I'm getting the next few years. And then, so you're not maybe as motivated to practice harder and stuff. And then on top of that, there is the pressure of, oh, well, now the crowd's starting to boo me, especially when you go to big markets like Boston, Philly, New York, Chicago, uh, L.A., where it's like, you know, they're like, hey, we signed you for this long. Fucking do something. Uh, but yeah, so. But with that said, Philly is second place, 65 yeah. and 54 yeah. records. So we'll, we'll get to it. So that. There's three more overperformers I wanted to highlight. Okay. And one that's no longer an overperformer. Ooh. Uh, but we have the Texas Rangers, who are in first place in their division. Uh, and then two teams that aren't in first place. But uh, Miami Marlins and Washington Nationals have actually overperformed their projections as yeah. well. So the Nationals were thought to be the worst team. And they've been okay. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. It's, it's better than, it's better than you know, Oakland. Like, look, 20 games better than yeah, Oakland. Kansas City. Uh, it's pretty impressive for a team that was supposed to be just as bad as them. Um, but yeah, the team I wanted to mention that uh, was an overperformer for most of the year, but no longer. Arizona Diamondbacks. This is depressing. Wow, under 500. I didn't uh, even realize that. They were, I think, like four games above the Dodgers about a week before the All-Star break. And the Dodgers ended up closing that gap and tying them on the last day before the All-Star break. And I had said... They'll, they're going to hang around. They're a good team. They've got good players. They're going to hang around. I think the Dodgers will still pull out the division, but they're going to be there. They're going to be probably get a wild card spot. Miserable um, you, stretch. You know what's funny here, too, is I'm looking at this. Uh, San Diego's three games behind Arizona and has a higher chance to make the playoffs. So that really shows you what they uh, believe with Arizona. And maybe it's a strength of schedule thing, remaining schedule, but yeah. So they're 7 and 20 since the All Star break. That's the record. That was a quick math. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. uh. So they're fifty and thirty-four on July first, and now they're below five hundred. That's where we are. Yeah, rough, 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 rough. Uh, but yeah, anything else in the standings? Twins are in first place, but they suck, and everyone hates them. Yeah, that so should be kind of like <clears throat> that should be a team eliminated in the first round, no matter who they play. Yeah, uh, the Blue Jays are still very much alive. They're yeah, seventy percent chance to make the playoffs at this in a almost. tough division. Uh, the Brewers just, they always seem to get it done. Um, yeah, the Braves are still in first place. They're the best team right now. Um, and I think we're all hoping for a Braves Dodgers rematch, which we didn't oh. get last year. They yeah, both get, choked in the first round. They can round. get Freddie versus, yeah. against his old team. Well, and it's just crazy how good Freddie's been. They're like, how oh. did they let him go? But it's like, then you, yeah, they're Matt still Olson. the best team. And it's, Matt Olson's hit the home runs. He's, you know, he's kept that spot yeah. high. Yeah, he's not uh, been as good as Freddie. Yeah, but of still, course not. But I'm saying at least the power wise, the fact that they're able to let like a franchise player go and they're still one of the top teams. Um, yeah, and the Dodgers have been as bad as the Diamondbacks have been since the All Star break. The Dodgers have been just as good, and they're getting people back. You got Kershaw back, and they made moves that have worked. Lance Lynn's been pretty decent uh, since he's come over. Um, and then we want to talk about we we talk about the Angels so much. It's just they're they're done. They're dead. Yeah, uh, I was talking to my dad about it. It feels like a um, it feels like Otani's been sentenced to death, and it's like we're all waiting it out. So I, it's very sad because it's like everyone expects him to be gone. He's one of the most important players in baseball history, and he's been playing in our backyard. And it's kind of like it's you know, it's going to definitely be one of those things where it's like I think you're going to realize 
when you do see him play in a different uniform next season, that's not the angel uniform. And it's like, you can't just, you know, when you're driving down, uh, driving down and, you know, near the stadium, you're not going to see all the Otani stuff. You're not going to see all the people that come and see that, Otani. That's what triggered it. All the, uh, when I drive home from work, I drive right by the stadium and I saw the big billboard of him and I'm like, this is shit. Like there's six weeks of this left. And and it I'm going to, I'm going to say something right now too. I said this a month or so ago. I said it over a month ago. I said, if the angel, if it gets to the point when, when Mike Trout got hurt, I said, let's say it's like end of August or early September when he's able to come back even mid August and they're not in the hunt. They're just going to shut him down. Cause what's the point? And I think we're getting close to the point of Mike Trout not returning. I think like, had they been on that run, that would have been one of those things where it's like, Oh, Hey, they're only two games out. Now Mike Trout's coming back. But it just doesn't feel like that now. And uh, the other thing I want to mention too is how Otani, I think, was supposed to start one of the games against the um, the Astros. And uh, o- uh, he said he wasn't, he's not going to start because of arm fatigue. And I'm sure he does have arm fatigue. I mean, the guy plays every day and he pitches every like five games, six games, whatever. But I think if I'm Otani, it's like, hey, we're we're not in it anymore. And it's like I. Why would I want to risk going out there and injuring myself with my, if my arm doesn't feel 100% for a team that I don't even plan on playing for next year for a, a season that we're not going to make the playoffs? And it is sad because it was, you know, there was optimism for a little bit. Angels went out, they got Giolito. He hasn't looked amazing in his like three or four starts. They go and they get Kron and Gurchik and Mustakis, even though they got him a little earlier. But just, you know, names that are can at least somewhat give you depth while you're waiting for Trout to come back and help the lineup out. But, uh, yeah, just sad as uh, being Southern California Angel fans over in this neck of the woods. And uh, yeah, it's what's the score right now, actually, while we're... Uh, I'm just curious. Oh, yeah, the game just started, I guess. But I mean, and Houston always just has... The, oh, they're playing Texas. But Houston does always have their number. They took two out of three against them. Now they're against Texas. And these are games where it's like, hey, if you could somehow, you know, win, sweep, but they, you know, they got their asses kicked to Houston and then they lost 12 nothing yesterday. I mean, the motivation's gone as well. I mean, you could just see it in the score line. 12-0 yesterday. Uh, just just tough to watch. So like I, I said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, if you're in the Orange County area, uh, get out there to see Otani if you can because you will regret it if uh, next year he is on, you know, the Yankees or Mets or he's not close enough to go see. Because if he still goes to LA, they know it's, it's not, you know, easy traveling, but it's not undoable. But if he goes to New York or something, then yeah, you may never get to see him again. I will feel very guilty if he goes to the Dodgers. I will feel like shame, and I will apologize to Angels fans if they need it. But I also don't want him to go to the Angels. That's also assuming I mean, we got to also assume like you know we were just talking about it. Some players go places and they're you know not as good. I mean, he's a phenom, but it's like you still got to perform wherever you go. Maybe he likes, and I think his interpreter is going to go with him wherever he goes, even if he can speak perfect English. He likes that little guy. They're good buddies. I heard that about that, about like how he actually can speak better English now, but he chooses to still have him around because they're like best friends, <laughs> which what a gig. Could you imagine being that guy? Yeah. You know, that guy's got to get some chicks too, just because he's got Otani. I've got a pitch for uh, the home box office network. Uh, it's about Shohei Otani and his, his uh, translator, but he also has two other friends, maybe like a fat guy that drives a car. Oh, Entourage Andy, huh? Yeah. Oh, I see what you're doing here. Well, good, his um, older brother. Yeah. What do we uh, think that'll probably be done with uh, our baseball chatter for now? But trust me, there will be. It's going to start heating up in the next month. And I'm not talking about the weather. So we will be talking more baseball. We're already there. That's yeah. 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 We're back in the well, 90s. 
Oof. Should we go back to uh, or go over to the NFL? We should. We should, and we will. Yeah, we got some running back news, some good news from running backs, and also a, a sad thing that I'm going to note. But let's just start with the good news first. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook are on teams now and will play this season. So uh, Ezekiel Elliott going to the Patriots and Dalvin Cook going to the Jets. So uh, they're both on modest deals and going to get like I think Zeke was getting six million and Cook is going to get eight million. Uh, but that's not that's not bad. It's just these are like two of the best running backs in the game. That this is what you can get. Uh, but it's it's good for the NFL that they're they're somewhere and they're they're in the same division there. Um, and then yeah, on, the, on a sadder note, a former running back Alex Collins uh, passed away, died in a car accident. So he was uh, one of those guys that Baltimore would put in. Uh, like fantasy football players might remember the name because Baltimore just always has a good running game, especially in the Lamar Jackson era. Uh, and just kind of like this guy just got plugged in out of coming out of nowhere and was very productive. And then. Yeah, I do remember him, and I, I, I do think I had him because uh, he was one of those guys where you pick up like midseason where he had a couple good games, and you know you're in a league where it's like you just you know you start running out of running back depth, and so I do remember Alex Collins. I almost want to say maybe I'm wrong, but he also played for Seattle. I don't know why that sounds right. Have, also, I but I definitely do remember the name on a uh, Baltimore. How long ago was that again? We said, or did we say like how long ago he actually played there? At Baltimore, because I'm trying to remember even like I think it was like 17 and 18 or yeah, something. Yeah, how my like fantasy life even was back then, fantasy football life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's um, definitely some some sad news there. Yeah. With uh, with that. Well, do we want to close out with soccer? Uh, still, I don't oh, know, we, we still got some more. Yeah, NFL Andy stuff here. got a little lost oh. here. But uh, what NFL stuff else do we have here, Andy? While well, he swarms, like goes over the internet, not warning me. What's because yeah, I had sorry. to step out for a moment, so sorry. I don't know what we even talked about quite yet. Uh, so I think all the first round QBs will end up being the starting quarterback. The Colts today announced that Richardson will be their starting quarterback. Um, Bryce Young was announced even before training camp, I think. Um, and uh, what's the CJ Stroud has been the number one quarterback in preseason so far. So it's likely he'll he'll start as well. So uh, not not really a big surprise. I mean, Richardson was kind of the one we were waiting to see. Was he going to start right away? And the the answer is the Colts aren't very good. So why not? You know, let it go. Um, and then yeah, the other thing is we we got everyone. Every team's played now in the preseason. Um, I saw a, a little bit of action. You could see some highlights of guys. It's always interesting to watch. Uh, the Chargers preseason game was interesting. I didn't I didn't actually see it live, but I checked some highlights. Uh, the second half of that game ended up being Stetson Bennett versus, uh, Max Dugan, which was the national championship matchup just eight months ago in that same building. Uh, kind of interesting there. So Georgia versus TCU. Uh, but the Chargers are, they went heavy on TCU players this year. Uh, their first round pick was a wide receiver from TCU. I think their fourth rounder was a, another receiver from TCU who's going to be a return man. Uh, and he had a return touch, and they both scored. They and uh, the the return man had a great uh, punt return touchdown. Um, but the thing I want to talk about here was the Chargers had a undrafted running back from a small school in Colorado uh, who had two touchdown runs of over forty yards. So uh, what's crazy is that an undrafted running back from a small school in Colorado is a very familiar story for the Chargers because that is a that's Austin Eckler's story. So uh, he very publicly this this past year, this past offseason, has been talking about his contract situation and basically the state of running backs that they just don't get, get paid. Uh, and here is a good example of why this happens. It's because the Chargers have drafted multiple running backs over the last few years. Uh, 
And it looks like this this undrafted guy might be the guy who's going to be the most successful out of any of them. Uh, running backs are hard to figure out, and they're replaceable. And you can go find a guy from a small school who ends up being really productive. And uh, that's the cycle of it. But um, it was one game, so maybe don't overreact to it. But it, it is it is interesting. The preseason, you will see these guys go off, and sometimes they actually become real NFL players. So it uh, doesn't mean it will happen, but... What did you see this weekend? Um, so when I was, uh, which is a story I'm going to talk about on the entertainment podcast because I was over at my cousin's house. I was watching a little bit of the Packers and Bengals and I was noticing that was a high scoring uh, game with like, um, uh, like, you know, they were moving the ball. I heard there was good things with, uh, um, you know, Jordan Love, I think they said looked pretty good at times. But uh, other thing too is I saw that... Um, uh, who was oh Justin Fields had a good little start. I mean, I know his long touchdown pass was, um, it was like you know a little pass that led to a big score. But you know he, I think he was like he started off. They said it was like three for three for two touchdowns and 129 yards. So I mean he was doing something right. And I know that's the big thing is if he can start passing well with his legs and stays healthy. I mean there's people out there that really do believe the the Bears have a good shot to uh or not a good shot but a shot at least to win that division. Um, and I, I liked what I saw from Pittsburgh on their opening drive. You know, I think Kenny Pickett only played the opening drive and, you know, he connected with George Pickens and I've been saying for a while, I think George Pickens is going to be a good, uh, receiver. I think he's got potential to be, you know, I think even next year, you know, you're going to look at your, open up your fantasy book and he might even be a top five guy. I mean, I think obviously it just helps with how much better Pickett Pickett can do because a lot of people still, you know, they still need to be proved by pick it including myself as a Steeler fan but uh and then I saw another notable thing they said too uh, looking at these scores here is how the the Raiders how they uh their guy O'Connell from Purdue looked uh looked pretty good random randomly nobody really probably expected that but he went 15 of 18 141 yards and a touchdown against you know the Niners and uh you know it was uh they they kicked the shit out of the Niners 34 to 7 uh, I think the thing to note too is that you are having a battle for the backup quarterback. Trey Lance goes 10 of 15, 112 yards uh, with one touchdown, with a, but was sacked four times. Sam Darnold came in five of eight, 84 yards. And I believe they said next week it'll be, or this, this week, it'll be Sam Darnold that'll start this time. And then, you know, the rules will be kind of flipped. And uh, you're seeing that with a few teams right now that uh, have spots battling for uh, the, the backup spot and even teams that are battling for the starter, uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, Baker Mayfield and uh, what? Help me out. What's the other guy's name that's fighting for the spot for Tampa Bay? I mean, we could easily. Yeah, I want to remember. But yeah, I do too. But uh, not the guy that Blaine Gabbert was the hero, but he's not on the team anymore. Because they're they're fighting for. I and I and I know they said that the odds aren't even that high for Baker Mayfield to be the actual starter. Uh, Kyle Trask. I would not have remembered that right now, but uh, Kyle Trask uh, and uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think Mayfield started and then Trask came in. Mayfield, though, 8 of 9, 63 yards and a touchdown. Not bad. Trask, 6 of 10, 99 yards and an interception, though. Sacked three times also. Mayfield was not sacked. Uh, but I believe next weekend it'll be Trask that starts. Or this week, I'm sorry. It'll be Trask that starts and Mayfield will be the backup there. So uh, I do be- have to mention this name that I was laughing at. Uh, the, the Raiders <laughs> have a running back name, Sincere McCormick. Which is, it just That's just good. Like, just It's... I enjoy it. Yeah, that's that's a nice name. Speaking of the Raiders running back, has Josh Jacobs even signed anything yet? 
I don't think I so. I feel like he hasn't. I mean, everybody else gotta, did. It you seems have to say like... his full name, though. Jingle Hangover Schmidt. Yeah. Sincere McCormick. Sincerely McCormick for this touchdown. But, no, Josh uh, think... Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Okay. All good. right. <laughs> Come on. So, uh, okay. Is that anything else for American football or should we move on to our final thing, which is yeah. football? Yeah. All right. Let's move on to soccer. Uh, we will start off with the Ladies World Cup, as we called it last week. And I'm going to keep tooting my horn. I said it before the round of 16 started. I could see it being, I was, my prediction was Spain England World Cup final. Well, I'm halfway there because Spain is in the World Cup final. They beat um, Sweden last night in the dead of the night, two to one. Uh, from I saw when the goals were scored and all late. Uh, it was like the 75th minute, then the 85th minute, then like the 89th. So um, for you, anybody out there that you know bets on this stuff that had like under two and a half goals, that was probably upsetting. But uh, that's showbiz. And uh, England plays Australia at like 3 a.m. or something tonight. So uh, the winner of that will be in the World Cup final against Spain. And I'm going to have to say, I'm going to stick with my guns, man. A good chance it is England-Spain. So uh, we will see. I'll probably forget until like some way, sometime until the afternoon tomorrow to be like, oh, shit, did they end up winning? Because that's exactly what happened today. But uh, yeah. And uh, the other thing I wanted to, to mention here was there's a couple little things. We'll just do the one thing really quickly is that the Premier League did start back up. Uh, Manchester City opened it up Friday, and uh, Andy and I always like to talk about Halan because for you diehard listeners that were listening back in like 2018, 2017, whenever it was, we talked about Halan, about how, man, he was going to be good. This was, he was, you know, we always say how he was, you know, on that Norway under like 17 or under 18 team, whatever, under 19 team, I think it was, and scored 10 goals in a game or nine goals, whatever it was. And then, you know, he was dominating the leagues. He was in like the Austrian league first, and then he went to the German league. And now he's in the English Premier League, which is the best overall league. Uh, Led the league in goals last year and took him four minutes to get on the sheet for uh, Manchester City. Ended up scoring again in the first half. Uh, City takes care of business easily over Burnley, 3-0. Two goals from Holland, and it's looking like he's just going to start off right where he left off, scoring goals. And he's, it's just phenomenal to see him play. And, uh, do you think he'll ever be as famous as like Ronaldo or something? Because he's just a may- weird looking guy. Yeah. Maybe you know? not. I don't think, I think that's not even fair to say with Ronaldo because Ronaldo is just, it's such like, it's just his, uh, the heartthrobness of him yeah. and the good playing of soccer. It's just, I don't think anybody, even Messi, I think is still like deep down in the shadow of Ronaldo a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, not out here at least, not worldwide. Maybe in those areas he can be, but I don't know. I mean, and the crazy thing is, too, is he's still so young. I mean, Halan's got to only be like 22 or 23. I mean, he's still pretty young, but so. Which means it's going to be like 15 years before he plays over here, if he ever does. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, well, speaking of that. Andy, or the MLS is going to blow up. And there's, there's a league that's taking all these guys. And let me just say it. Neymar has now signed in the Saudi Arabian League. He signed with Al-Halal. And this is what the contract is. And these are some of the perks that come with it, Sean. So uh, when you said what you said earlier, uh, that is not what is part of it. But here is what's part of it. So first off, it's $326 million over two years. Okay. That's that's not bad. And then here's the other four things that it says. A private plane. A fully staffed mansion. $546,000 $546,000 per social media post. <laughs> Which, 
I would just is, throw is there a limit on that or anything? I, Elon Musk. I don't know. I'm sure there's deal. more in like in the fine print, but this is just what I'm reading. And then the other thing was eighty seven thousand dollars per win. Jesus. So well, there's I, your motivation ridiculous. right there. He gets to climb that building with Tom Cruise. That'd be that's yeah. what I'd want. I mean, the one thing the that doesn't move the needle is the, uh, you know, the staff for your mansion. You said this is in the Middle East, so they're paying these people like six cents and maybe like, we'll let you have, you know, a hut outside of town or something. But that's a, you know, they're like the new Google over there. You know how before everyone was like, I want to go work at Google because they have, you know, free <clears throat> chips and shit at their lunchroom. Middle East is uh, stepping up their game, that's for sure. Oh yeah, and, it's uh, crazy. What what do the books look look like on this sports league? Like, what do they? Do? I don't know, honestly. I haven't even. <laughs> They're not generating the revenue to pay for this shit. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's it is crazy, and it's I. Uh, I um, I don't know. I've just been a. Uh, I don't know. Seeing all sorts of. Uh, <clears throat> it's just crazy because, like, when you know Ronaldo went there first, but then it was like okay, but then. They started getting other guys, and it was like, you know, they wanted Messi, but he didn't go. But then it's like they got Benzema, they got now they have Neymar. It's like I'm it's it's yeah, these are big names. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, you know they're going after everybody. I mean, it'll be a matter of time before they go after Holland. Well, yeah, that's gotta be. And then the there's goal. Mbappe, obviously. Like, I mean, they're they're gonna well, go after everybody. PSG is like, wow, we have no one left. We have to re-up with Yeah, because <laughs> that is all PSG has left, really, is Mbappe and then a couple of young guys, but I mean, guys are going to want to start going over there, and then it's it, you know you're going to have the Saudi Arabian leagues going to be. I'm sure they want everything. You build. They want to have like probably like four marquee players so that you get those matchups as well. Yeah, um, but I mean that's what's going to be weird. It's like what is what is the quality of play? Gonna and be honestly, different? all these teams sound. We're going to watch it. All these teams sound the same to me that I don't even know, know. if any of these guys are on the same team. <laughs> like I don't know if all Holies were Ronaldo plays. I don't know if Benzema was signed with them. Is there even different countries? Like there's, yeah, maybe. Because there's, you know, Qatar and United Arab Emirates well, I think and Saudi it's like Arabia. like the Saudi Arabian League that's the one that's signing everybody. I wonder if they play each other. But, like, yeah, are these games on Peacock or something? Like, they, where, where? Oh, they're going to have to be at some point, I feel like, right? Yeah. I mean. On Tubi? <laughs> They'll be on Tubi? Uh, you never know. Like, because I saw something, actually, that Tubi, uh, it's funny you say that because, uh, do you remember, I don't know if you ever watched those episodes, it was like the QB1 or something about, like, when it would follow around, like, high school college kid, like high school kids that were going to be like good quarterbacks. I guess they made one with uh, Bryce Young and uh, shit. Who is the uh, uh, another quarterback that was good. It might've even been uh, I can't, I can't say for sure, but I know Bryce Young was one of them. Uh, and it was another quarterback that got, you know, was a top pick this year. And um, who, who was the third drafted quarterback? Richard, Not Richardson. Richardson. It was. So it was Antonio Richardson or Anthony Richardson. And, uh, please on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, well, that was also that Browns running back a long yeah. time ago or Alabama, but he, uh, it followed them around, but I guess it never, I don't know if it, I think it was cause it was during COVID or something like that. It never got aired and, uh, or Netflix ended up not doing it, but I guess Tubi actually bought the rights to it. So Tubi said they're going to air it. So that could be, that would be, you know, they're cause Bryce Young was modern day, right? Yes. I, I think he was. Again, I mean, we can we can find that out, but we. I don't have the ability. Yeah, but uh, also uh, really quickly because I I just thought of it and I see you know we have golf on the screen. I just want to ask Sean or any of you guys, did you ever did you hear those things that uh? So he did go to Modern Day, but uh, about all that stuff that came out about like how bad Phil Mickelson's gambling is. Um, not anything recently, but I've always known 
Oh, you know, I saw they asked, was it Roy McElroy or something? Yeah, so there's a guy named Billy Walters who's the he's known as like the most famous sports better ever. He's he's in his 80s. He's the one that uh and he he's right or he wrote a book and the book comes out August 22nd, so a week from today. And in the book he talks about a lot of stuff and one of the things he does is he really talks about Mickelson cuz Mickelson was one of his betting partners uh and was like, you know, one of the guys that would bet with him because Mickelson was able to bet big amounts of money because he could sign up on offshore accounts and bet like up to 400,000 and it turns out basically long story short that uh Billy Walters ended up going to jail for 5 years because of uh or prison for insider trading and Mickelson was like involved with it and Mickelson and him were actually friends but Mickelson refused to like take the stand and stuff like that and basically let him get totally fucked and all Mickelson had to do was pay back a million dollars cuz he was involved with this stuff also and uh so Walters basically was like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, let out all this, how things really were with the gambling and stuff. And I guess it's been stuff saying that he would bet his big thing, he'd bet like $110,000 to win $100,000, like multiple times. They said there was one day where he made 46 baseball bets in one day and lost uh, like $120,000 that day or something like that. And I guess the big thing was that back in 2012, when he was on the Ryder Cup team, which, you know, the Europeans versus the United States, he was feeling really good about the U.S. and said, like, thinking they looked good and tried to bet, like, 400000 that the USA would beat the Europeans, but he wasn't able to get it down or wasn't able to, like, do something. But that's when it gets really bad because you can't bet on an own sport that you're playing in because then that's really inside information. It's just also not allowed. And... uh it's... uh And then now they're saying, you know, like, he's claimed, I guess, before Mickelson that he's lost, like... 40 like you know a handful of million dollars uh gambling over the years but billy walters in this book was saying that it's closer to probably about a like that he said he's probably lost that uh phil mickelson has probably lost about 100 million in his life in gambling and it it's just crazy and so yeah it's well thank god he has stuff. kpmg to do his taxes for him yeah. to write off those gambling losses also they were saying that's why he was so quick to take that live money <laughs> they're like he needed the money yeah, he's currently bailout. working as a as a butler for uh yeah, <laughs> soccer players. <laughs> He's part of the staff. Pretty good. Also, uh, good job. last thing before we sign off here, because I just now saw it. Lionel Messi scored again already tonight. He's got nine goals in the six games he's played with Miami. He's scored in every game. Uh, pretty remarkable. And and all these have been a tournament. They haven't even played MLS yet. These have just been the tournament that they're in with the North American tournament with uh, Mexico. Uh, so. I think Pat Riley goes to those games. He's going to start. Yeah, He will. And once he comes here, man, it's going to be big. And I think MLS games start again this weekend or next week or something. But, yeah, pretty cool. And he's going to be in L.A. soon. I mean, uh, Miami plays uh, in uh, LAFC. So, for you soccer fans out there, get that ticket. Get to see Messi in person. That would be pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that'll that, I think, wraps us up. All right. Well, you've been listening to Episode 337 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean. And joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Yes, thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. We'll see you later.